1: Today's podcast is brought to you by BlackOvis.com out of Salt Lake City. This is where I do all my hunting related online shopping, and I use my own discount code, Elkshape, that takes 10% off their already great prices. If your purchase is over $100, you can count on fast and free shipping. They have a vast selection of all the goodies, best customer service in the game. Head over to BlackOvis.com. Guys, we're sitting down after a fun weekend of creating content for the kids. Uh, we're in the upstairs office, and this is a cool little like situation that we didn't really kind of plan. It kind of came together naturally. We have Preston Ward from Sandy, Utah, Yep. which is just outside of Salt Lake City. Yeah. We have Jeffrey Dodds, who just changed his Instagram handle to what?
2: <laughs> Dodds <laughs> underscore doozies. Yeah,
1: doozies. Yeah,
2: dropping doozies. <laughs> I mean, what? It'll catch on.
1: It'll catch on. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought it was
2: a cool name, so I I ran with it. Dropping doozies. Yeah.
1: I mean, is that something you do in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) So,
2: you know, I don't know. I always had this. I had a teacher. He would, like, hand hand us a test. He goes, guys, here's your test. Don't worry. It's a doozy. (laughs) And so, as a creative, I was just, like, you know, dropping a a cool edit. It's like, you know, here's another doozy for you guys.
1: Preston came on the pod a couple months back. We finally met face-to-face at uh, TAC. Yep. Uh, We actually had you work on Josh Jones, who's a nightmare. Yeah. With his kyphosis. He's got all sorts of issues. (laughs) He needs you on the reggae (laughs) anyways. I'll come up to his range and shoot,
3: and I'll work on him there because that was fun.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. So, Preston and I had this booked for, I want to say early October when were you supposed to come over? Yeah, the it was a month mu- it was
3: a month ago which would have been yeah, early October.
1: And I had all these cool plans like come home from my elk bender, see my family and then go right back out the door, dude. I had a Montana tag. Yeah. And I have very little interest in hunting Montana with a rifle. Yeah. Don't hate, just appreciate the fact that I'm committed to the bow, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knew I had till the 16th, and I kind of got a little scratchy throat around the <laughs> second and third being around my kids. And then, next thing I know, I had no voice, and I had no voice for weeks. Like, I think I made a couple pieces of content when oh my, of my gosh, voice I came thought. back, and it was like still sound yeah, terrible. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah. I had to call press and be like, hey, man, you got to change your flights. Like, you do not, like, I can't make content right now. I can't even talk. Yeah. And you were so cool about, like, hey, let's push it back. So we pushed it back for, um, I got back from Maui, taking the family on a vacation, and we pushed it back till when, like, I think I had a day to get ready for you. Yeah. And uh, the night before you were flying in, Dodds over here calls me, and he's <laughs> like, oh, hey, I'm on my way over to Spokane.
3: <laughs> I just and bought I was, a house.
1: <laughs> and I was like, y- okay, you are? And he's like, yeah, w- we'll be around all weekend. What are you doing? And I'm like, "Well, oh, I kind of have preston coming and we've been planning this for quite a while and so i have like two stories to tell to catch everyone up to speed to how this kind of like this was meant to be this collision course but like basically i wanted to bring preston here at my house to make youtube videos that are hard to make because people get really excited about an arrow video yeah. or the latest greatest bow or this cool site. And then I've tried to make cool fitness videos from my audience and they don't seem to dig it. Um, but I do have a couple videos that I've done really well and they have to having like, they have to do with shoulders and the ability to pull back more poundage. Yep. They have to do with shoulders and the ability to not get sidelined for hunting season. And I was like, well, It's time to make some 2.0 videos. Who better than Mountain Physio?
3: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I think you see so many videos, Dan, that like, you do exercise. All exercises are good. We both believe that and encourage that, right? Do exercise fitness. That's good. But there are some specific exercises and some specific uh, motions that really help you build your draw strength and we kind of dive into that but that was a fun time so it
1: was and what's cool is that we talked about you coming up on the podcast yep and then people can see like we ain't all talk like here you are we've already shot the videos we got a lot of editing to do yep and but we made the content which was really the whole point of you coming up and along the way we've had really good like we've got to do a workout together yeah. my style we've got to go to the archery range my home archery range, shoot bows and now i'm going to bring jeff into the mix so then jeff and which, we're going to come we also got should, to work which, on our
3: shoulders which just really quickly yeah we got to work on our shoulders my style there but really quickly i was just commenting that it put me in my place i think that there's different types of elk shape right and yeah dan there's something to say like that you are definitely in the elk shape that we all want to be in that we all should aspire to be. So very impressive. I was, I think the biggest compliment that I got was sitting there on the, on the, um, assault bike, just trying to get those last few calories in and watching Dan look over my shoulder and I could see the, the, the enthusiasm or the drive that he had. And I just was like, I got to get a few more calories. Cause and then afterwards, you're like, yeah, i definitely have you as an elk hunter. I'd definitely go hunting with you. And that's what really meant a lot to me. So a good time, fun
1: time. Well, that's like a litmus test, man. Like for me is like, you don't have to be a, as fit as me to mm-hmm. hunt with me, but you have to be able to appreciate getting kicked in the teeth because that's what that workout was. Oh, it yeah. was a partner workout. You were my partner yep. and we were doing things that I do regularly. So I probably felt better than you. Yeah. And I got more rest than you because you are slower. Yeah. So not only are you like getting less rest, but I'm getting more rest. Yeah. So I go when it's my turn. And then I look at you like, what's your problem? Why can't you, (laughs) but honestly you did really well and you didn't quit. quit. And that's what, Yeah. yeah, exactly. And to me, hunting elk on public land is a lot of opportunity to quit. Oh, for sure. Because things will get difficult. Things will not go the right way. In fact, We'll talk about a new segment Jeff invented in a second. But let me kind of <laughs> bring, we're going to dive back yep, into that yep. workout. Let me bring this full circle. September 2nd, 2023 is the first time I've m- met you in real life. Is that correct?
2: Technically, we met at Western Hunt for very briefly. But okay. the first time that, yeah, we really had our, each other's undivided attention was September 2nd.
1: And I know a guy named Bryce Bishop is going to listen to this podcast. And so I want to like do this. Proper for him, too. So Bryce, out of the kindness of his heart, was like, you don't got a cameraman for the first week in September? Dude, we'll send ours. We'll yeah, that's get, nice. We'll get content. And I was like, I think I told you this earlier this weekend. I don't love camera guys. Yeah. I, I don't. They literally ruin my hunt because they're usually not a hunter. And if they are a hunter, they're not a bow hunter. And they also just... Hey, I gotta get this shot, redo that. Like there's a lot of like, hey, can you do that again or whatever? I need to get that shot. And I hate that. I'm not here to put on it. I am hunting. I want to hunt and you get whatever it is you think you need to get for the hunt, type of thing. So long story longer is I agreed, but I had my I was apprehensive. Right. Because I don't know who you are. Right. But I did know this. I knew that you had filmed and guided I knew you'd filmed hunts before, and I knew that you'd guided Rich Froning on, or not hunted with Rich. Yeah, I've a hunted few with times. Rich. Yep. And if you guys don't know who Rich Froning is, Google him, Rich Froning <laughs> Jr. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I knew I was like, well, that that says a lot in itself. Let's see how this works. And we did a hunt together. And I don't want to go into the full details of the. You the already hunt. did. Basically, yeah. on the hunt recap, but you exceeded my expectations with your ability to have a smile on your face when it's hailing and raining and there's a river running down the National Forest Road and we're soaked to the bone and you're in great spirits. Like, that's a box that I'm like, that's a Jake Webb box. I'm like, right. this guy likes misery. That's important because elk hunting is a lot of misery. Totally. Uh, you also didn't mind, like like, you were up and ready to go in the morning and you didn't have a lot of fuss. Like... where's my oatmeal and eggs or, Oh, Hey, I got to get my pack ready. Like, like I told you a time and I told you that when we're leaving and you were rest to go, that was huge. Um, and then long story short is like, and this is the part that I want Bryce to hear from me is like, I would say after like five, six hours of hunting with you hard and getting into elk immediately and having some amazing early September action. Yeah. Like we hit it. Just, we had my spots money. We, I look at you and I'm like, do you do contract work and you're like, oh yeah, I'm available for contract work and I'm already trying to hire you. I'm like, I need a, I need an editor. I need a guy that can come over and film from time to time. Like I need help. I'm trying to hire somebody. I've been doing elk Shape by myself forever. And it's, and you're like, yeah, dude, I think that could work. And that's when I started like hinting to the fact, like, dude, I got work for you. If you want if you need work and it's creative work, I'm your Huckleberry. Like, let me know. And then I thought we were only filming for two days. Honestly, when I talked to Bryce, I thought I had you for like two days. Right. And then I was going to leave Montana and go hunt with my dad. Right. Because he's getting up there and I don't have very many. I don't know how many Septembers I have left with him. So Yeah, I got
2: to take that What you got it.
1: Yeah. For well, sure. we all got to take every September like that. Right. I don't know if I'll be yep. hunting in September 2024. I can't guarantee it. Can you? Nope. Yeah, and that's how my mindset is.
2: Yeah, life get just caps up to you. So,
1: so go I was like pretty stoked when you were like, "Well, hey man, I'm actually I got a couple more days. I can go down there and film you and your dad." And I'm like, hail to the yes!" Um, and then if you guys don't haven't heard the September recap, maybe go check that one out. It's pretty entertaining. Jeff and I had some adversity. Yeah, that is what kind of started the conversation of like, "Well, what would it like? What are you doing for peak?"
2: Right. It was more of just a grunt working role. Right, like they, Peaks is an amazing, you know, brand, they're really just revolutionizing the outdoor uh, hunting space, and they just needed a guy that kind of jack-of-all-trades. Utility player. Yeah, exactly, and with that same, you know, work ethic, I just said yes, you know, I was packing boxes, you know, I was doing customer service emails, I was doing, you know, later on did some social media stuff, um, and it was all, just yeah, shooting by the hip. Whatever the day brought us, that's kind of exciting. We would we would get it get the job done.
1: Mhm. And they got a great team. So, the conversation at some point did shift to be like, okay, that's what you're doing for Peaks. Well, I have no s- boxes for you to pack. I don't have customers coming in, and I don't have customers calling in. What I need help with is somebody who knows how to take f- still photos, film video on manual settings knows how to run cameras and more important than all that knows how to tell good stories and edit and you were like dude that's me i can do that and so eventually it came down to is there anywhere where you could work for peaks and me and we honestly tried to figure out a way to navigate that and what it ended up being was like it would probably make more sense for you to go full-time with me and that sucks because like i work with peaks so essentially I'm stealing you from one of my partners, that is a tough, awkward conversation to have, right? But fortunately, your boss, Bryce, the guy who runs Peaks, is like, no, nah, man, that's a better opportunity for you. You should go for it. That is – dude, that is a green light for a good human being yeah. who wants what's best for you. Totally. Whereas – I could see a lot of employers like try to talk you out of that because right. that's not what's best for them. Yeah. So that just speaks volumes to the leadership at Peaks and the fact that they were excited for you and that we can still work with Peaks and if not, probably work even better for them. Totally. Since you know the ins and outs of what they need. Yep. So that's pretty cool. So I'm just fast-forwarding all that to your first day is December 11th. And your last day with Peaks is? Uh, the eighth so you have three days off and then you're starting a new job, yes, sir, and you had to relocate. Tell us about that,
2: yeah, so uh, I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful five month old daughter, and uh we were living in a studio apartment in Bozeman, Montana that was hard to afford um and can you imagine w- no,
1: I mean seriously, yeah, yeah,
2: um, so we have Br- Bozeman's brutal, and it was a it was a big uh big decision when it actually came down to. Taking this opportunity is just like being able to put my amazing family into a, a home, you know, for the first time in our marriage. And so, how long you guys been married? Uh, just about two and a half years.
1: Two and a half so years. So not too long, but. And how old's your daughter? You said five, five months. months. Yeah, she's cute, by the way. Yeah. So you tell. Let's dive in yeah, for a second. Uh, like, sure. Why is Bozeman's just really expensive oh to live? Oh my gosh!
2: I mean, dude. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, what's uh, a starter house cost there?
2: Uh, for example. Uh, a two-bedroom, one-bath that needs to be absolutely demolished and started completely over with absolutely no land, you're starting at anywhere from five hundred to $600,000. Okay,
1: let's flip it to Salt Lake's market. What would that similar house, like, basically, it, it's it got good bones, but that's it, a two-bedroom, one-bath.
3: Two-bedroom, one-bath, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. They're around 500000 550000 I mean, maybe $400,000, we will say, somewhere in there. But a good starter home there in Salt Lake right now, like, even kind of, like, we'll say the lowest areas you know you wouldn't necessarily want to be in or maybe those starter homes I guess we'll say or yeah 500,000
1: like so in Spokane your money will go a lot further yes unfortunately and it's you know do I want to live in Spokane I think everyone knows this but no I I would like to live in Idaho or Montana quite honestly but I also don't I'm not pushing that issue my wife loves our house loves and, and obviously it's pretty solid setup it's here a beautiful right set for sure right we're pretty dialed yeah. but her folks are here my folks are here my sisters are here her brother and sister are here so it's like family's here we're dialed on our house why would we move right and so that's fine but fortunately our cost of living is a lot less here yeah that same starter house could be 250 300k
3: totally Jeez.
1: and with the interest rates where they're at And I don't talk politics on this podcast, but I'm going to say this like I told you guys all. I don't care what side of the line you're on. I want you to vote in 2024 with your wallet. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. All you got to say. That's all I got to say about that because I'm tired of groceries costing so much and gas and all this stuff. Like the cost of living is insane Mm -hmm. for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we're all feeling it. So you guys pull the trigger.
2: When I left the mountain with you, you... We were talking shop, you know. We were, you know, duking it out, and I was like, "Gosh, man! Like, I love this idea, but there's just no way my wife's gonna be into it." You know, she loves Bozeman. I got brothers in Bozeman. I love them, you know. And And you're in Bozeman, yeah, right.
1: Bozeman, Spokane ain't Bozeman, Montana.
2: Bozeman's beautiful, Montana. Montana's the best. And so I, you know, come to home to her, and you know, I'm just like disgusting, gross after a you know a long hunt. and i was like he's like oh how was it you know how was dan like it's like oh man it went really well like you know uh there's a there's a lot of potential here for me to work with him like, oh that's great i'm like yeah um he you know said you know oh as a joking matter he's like oh yeah well if only you you know moved your, your family to spokane and my wife like is just is a amazing beautiful woman she's like let's do it if that's what you're passionate about if that's where you want to be if you want to like you know go crush at elkshake i'm right there with you like i will we'll move tomorrow if it, if, it, if that's what it means and i was completely taken back just like oh wow okay so she's on board you know i had to pray about it a lot you know and just like making sure that the lord was okay with this um and yeah so we <laughs> we were zillow warriors for the last month. Is that the good, best app? Um, I don't know. It's just the app that I know how to use. <laughs> and thankfully, I found a good realtor here in town. He made a good, a cool, a lot of uh, virtual tours, and uh, we made an offer on one house. That was an absolute disaster. The inspection was horrible. It was like a flip from a few months ago. And I was like, nope, I'm out. And then thankfully, we were able to find one that <laughs> It's like half
3: a mile from Dan's house, so uh, that's it's like that's, it's, that's, it's that's like a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like elk Cunning right there. A little adversity before you. Oh yeah, totally. But you, get you that guys
1: literally just bought your first house. We
3: did, yeah,
1: yeah. That's we closed awesome. yeah,
3: December. Congratulations.
2: First, and uh, yeah, interest interest rates are high, but um, you know, thankfully we were saving up to buy a house in Bozeman, <laughs> so we had a, a lot of uh, good savings to, you know, now translate over here. So. That's and good. now
1: you're in a home. Mm-hmm. December first, you get the keys, and it will be the same payment as your studio rent.
2: Uh, it will be two hundred dollars more okay. for for a half acre, two bedroom, one bath, with, with, the the shop shop with a shop and a detached garage with a completely unfinished. So basement. you'll
1: have chickens. You'll yes. have a place to shoot your bow. Yes. Okay, that's badass. So I don't, f- I I don't feel bad for you guys. I still feel bad for Peace because I think obviously you're a valuable asset for them, but they will bounce back. You've been sticking around and help training and getting them organized. And yeah, vital. I
2: mean, here's the thing. I am going to be working for Peaks for a long time, just in a different capacity. Well said. you know, I'm going yeah. to be bringing a lot of assets to Peaks, you know, f- creatively. You know, I love Bryce. I love Peaks, they are going to be dropping some absolute dimes in twenty twenty four yeah. product wise. They got some
1: bangers yes. coming out. So
2: stay tuned for that. Yeah, and we're just I'm I'm just gonna be Team Peaks, and just wearing a different jersey. I like It that. is true yeah. that
1: I did jokingly say because, dude, honestly, I didn't want. I wanted to hire you originally just to do contract work. Like, I I got this WeTransfer, Dropbox, like these virtual ways of dropping giant gigs of content and being like, show me what you got. Right. You know, I just need help. I'm the bottleneck. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yes. I'm the bottleneck, man. So, like, I needed someone to help get me out of the way so we could make better content and stay on brand. When I made the joke, like, hey, you could work for me full-time, but you certainly can't do it from Bozeman, I kind of said that in jest. Like, I really wasn't thinking, like, why would anyone leave Bozeman for Spokane? So when you got back to me, I got back from hunting at the end of the month, and you're like, hey, man, I talked to my wife. We're not doing the contract thing. Like, we want to come over, live in Spokane, work for Elk Shape full-time. I was like... I don't believe you. Like, I kind of just was like... The, it like, was honestly very... Because you were so
2: fired up on that mountain. Like, Jeff, we can do this. We're going to crush it together. Like, we're going to we're gonna go to the moon. And then I fed off that energy. I was stoked about it. And then I really... You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk.
1: That's, that's me kind of started. <laughs> because, man, like, um, I needed... What I really wanted to hire you as is not like a videographer. Right. I've had those. I wanted to hire you as a brand manager. Yeah, and you like, did. Like like that's what I was looking I was most interested in somebody who was multifaceted skill sets, like so, you know, u- utility player, but always has the brand in mind first. Right. And that's what I wanted and you were like, That's what I really actually wanna do. So that's when I was like, All right, then let's do it. Yeah. I've had good guys in the past, they've just they've kind of come and gone. So it's kind of made me a little um Hesitant or gun shy to believe that someone's going to like. I had one guy that was I thought was going to be the awesomest thing ever, and he lasted thirty days. Yeah, that's
2: tough. That's you know, tough.
1: and it wasn't like he was great at here in right. studio, but the second I took him out in the mountains, like it exposed that he really had like zero desire mm-hmm. to follow my ass in the mountains, yeah, whatsoever. Jake, I had Jake here forever, and he is just I love his attitude, right, and his effort but he really wasn't technical and he'd be the first to admit like he, like he kind of looks at a camera and is like, ah, ah, he's just not sure. Something he's passionate about. Right. I had Tim who was really like had another career. Yeah. So I always got kind of felt like I got his like leftover energy from his career mm-hmm. where it's like, so you are the first true and true. Like this dude's a hunter. This dude's an elk hunter. This dude is into CrossFit. He has his level one CrossFit certification. This dude, is a bigger geek than me on film and editing. And so I still don't believe you're real, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for that. But that's why I had to bring from, you in on this because yeah. you're like, no, we're, we're moving our first load over. And I'm I, like, well, I'm kicking it with Preston. Right. Jump in wherever you want, if you want. Yeah. Worst case scenario, let's at least get a workout together. Right. So, and, I mean,
3: I, oh, sorry, sorry, I was gonna say, and just from an outsider looking in yesterday, watching all this kind of unfold, like there's a very good cohesive team you guys jive really well and i was commenting that earlier that i think you guys jive really well together so i'm excited to see what happens elk shape will just take off even more
1: well you know i think it's i'm cautious because like jeff is very much like me which i'm concerned about like there's yeah. some red flags like like <laughs> i will work i don't know how to clock out yeah
2: same neither do i and
1: that and i can tell that about you and right. so we're gonna have to draw some boundaries yep right. Like some it. lines in the sands for... And that's not my strength, man. Yeah, neither. But we're going to have to come up with some boundaries so that we have some balance, right. which I know nothing about. Anyways, yeah. so that's how, Preston, that's how Jeff came into the mix this yeah. weekend.
3: I wasn't so expecting him to be here. It's been awesome,
1: because honestly, we need a camera guy. And uh, let's just break down... Let's tease what we filmed. I don't know when these videos are coming out, but yep. they're going to come out soon. Let's tease what, what we covered, and then let's tease if you... Dude, just tease what you're working on. Yeah. Get people stoked.
3: I think some of the videos we talked about was, A, a warm-up, right? That's good. So for shooting your bows, cold shoulders, stuff like that. Probably the most, probably the biggest one that I think a lot of people are going to like is the how to increase your draw weight. And we talked about that. We showed exercises. And then I specifically build, like, 8- and 10-week programs to, to take people through that. So I've had a lot of archers reach out to me who are – you know maybe shooting 50 pounds especially a lot of female too women that are shooting you know 40 50 pounds and they just want to try to get a little bit more or those young archers or those old archers like we said trying to hold on to whatever kinetic energy they can then what else we filmed we filmed um
1: that bow warm up is something that most people don't think about like dude I shoot a bow every day of my life I don't go warm up before but I was telling you this and here's what I'll leave you guys with let's just say I've shot 10,000 arrows this year so far Okay, so I killed, I haven't killed that much stuff this year, but I probably compared to some people, I've killed a lot. Yeah. Killed
2: a nice access
1: deer. I killed two turkeys. I did not shoot a bear this year. Never had an opportunity to shoot a bear. That's the first in like 15 years. I didn't kill a bear. Uh, so two turkeys. Didn't kill an antelope. That's the first time in like eight years I didn't kill an antelope, and I had two antelope tags. Uh, it wasn't for a lack of trying either, so I just never shot an antelope. Um, I was being picky, way pickier this year across the board. Maybe I'm getting more mature. (laughs) So two turkeys. Or old. Two (laughs) bull elk. I killed two bull elk, and I killed two axis deer. So I've killed six things. So 9,994 arrows have all been at foam. Yep. So six out of the 10,000. So when someone's like, well, you don't need to warm up. You don't warm up when you're hunting. Well, okay, I didn't warm up for six arrows on animals. But... The other nine thousand nine hundred ninety-four. I'm trying to create really concrete muscle memory motor pathway. Exactly. Would I shoot better if I warmed up a little with your protocols that you showed on video? Yes. Would I, I shoot, shoot better? better? Yes, absolutely. So I think the therabands that you sell yep. are going to go. People are going to get them in their bow cases. Yeah. Put it in their quiver. Run through a couple of. They'll follow the protocols. And you all are welcome. You're now shooting better because of Mountain Physio.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, boom. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, that's all really good and for good content, really that people like um, and that people need. Honestly, I mean, the goal as we've as we've talked about this weekend, like the goal is to help people. The goal is to help this community of bow hunters, and we all we all love this. We all have this passion of bow hunting, and people will come to me and they say, Preston, I just want to continue to bow hunt until I'm 80 and, you know, 90 years old, however, whatever the age that is. And I don't see why that can't happen. And so whether you have, we, we dive into this rotator cuff strengthening on um, some of those videos, because whether you have rotator cuff tears and surgeries, and you kind of want to assess where you're at, we go over that as far as like how to really assess. And I think what's really critical is in my line of work, there's a lot of people who can say, Hey, they're the expert or, Hey, this is the correct form or anything like that. But ultimately it's getting objective data to really say, Hey, where do I lie? You know, am I strong enough? Am I weak? Where am I so that we can prevent injuries so that we can build this resiliency and endurance for, for hunting. Right.
1: I can't stand to hear people tell me. Yeah. I have a bum shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a bad wing. I have a bad shoulder. That drives me nuts because most instances, they don't even know what that means. Yeah, exactly. And I, I want them to know. Like, Dodds over here, you played college ball and you tore a rotator cuff completely. Well, you f- probably did some micro tears, but you did the final tear diving for a ball. Correct. Yep. And you knew right away, right? Oh, yeah.
2: But I didn't do anything about it for a long time. How yeah. long? Uh, Three and a half years.
1: And then what was the thing that you tried to do and you realized, okay, this— Enough.
2: Well, it, it was interesting because it would, you know, feel good, then it would feel horrible. Yep. Then it would feel good again, then it felt really bad. And so I was shooting my bow really consistently, and then that last wave of, like, I can't even pull back my bow. And I was like, dude, I got to go get yeah. this checked out. Yeah. And I got an MRI that same week, and it, the guy's like, yeah, you have a 98% tear oh, yeah. cuff. Do you
1: know which one it was? My,
3: uh, which weird. muscle he's talking about? No, I don't.
1: Supra. Yeah, I've no idea. Okay. What else you got? Supra what? Supra, infra, terrace minor, Ooh. subscapularis. Dang, nailed it. That's that's <laughs> back in the day. I took some anatomy <laughs> in undergrad. Did, uh, but no, I've dealt with a lot of shoulders yeah, as absolutely. a strength coach, but I I um I just get really frustrated when people have say they have bad shoulders, but they don't know what is bad. They don't have anything measured, and then when you did your assessment video, yeah. that will be coming out, guys. Don't skimp over that. That is a DIY assessment Mm -hmm. you can do on yourself.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, when when I'm working with my clients, um, I do a lot of virtual um, visits and have therapists across the country helping as well. And so when we do this, I always ask people, do you have this bow scale that we could really kind of measure? And so that video will really walk you through that step by step. And if people did that, it's a simple tool that you can kind of see where you kind of measure up And then if they could do that and bring that information to me, then we can kind of really build a program and then see if we're making progress. Because I will say that out of the majority of people who have cuff tears, the majority don't need surgery. Now we'll say Jeff over here may, you know, he had surgery and he probably needed it. But the majority of people who have these micro tears or just tears as they age, we call them degenerative tears. They don't need surgery. I can not do a full arm yeah. circle mm-hmm.
4: arm. and yeah. and it's
3: typically yeah. those it's typically those injuries that are traumatic, we call them. so like you fell or you dove for a ball or there was that trauma. Those are the ones that tend to respond better to surgery right now you're doing great like yeah thank you
1: for sure on the way and then the other thing that we did film and that you will see is that we kind of covered what it would should potentially look like to draw your bow back yeah not like an asshole. Yep. And how to if you are drawing it back poorly, this is kinda what it looks like so that people could potentially film themselves the way they draw their bow. Yeah. And kind of start working on not necessarily like, well, this works, I can get my bow back. Well that's true, but what I learned from you this weekend was like that's gonna work until it doesn't. Like you are setting yourself up because you're recruiting the muscles in the way that you are to get your bow back. One, it's not a very stealthy draw yeah. that you do. And animals, you need to be able to draw slow and stealthy. I've had that happen many times. But number two, like, y- you keep doing that up for a few more years, and you are going to induce... Yep some chronic pain or in even worse yet tears and injuries so i love that i'm excited i'm just trying to tease these videos because guys i want you to watch them i want you to consume them and i want them to help you yep exactly why we did it i mean
2: here's the thing it's just like you know as a crossfit coach if i see someone squatting wrong you know i want to help them you know like hey if you're going to do this ten thousand times like you are shooting your bow you're just like why wouldn't i give you a few cues to be better at squatting Right? And that's what we did this week.
3: I mean, if you look at, like we were talking, if you look at, you tend to, Dan, um, pattern your shooting after, you look at the professionals, right? Those professional archers. Absolutely. Uh, a gear and everything else. And I do the same thing. And so if you look at them who are shooting, some of these guys that I work with, some of these professional archers are shooting, you know, 500, 600 arrows a day. like, And that's a lot. And I would not encourage every Joe Schmo to go out and do that. Um, it's a lot because it's a lot and it causes a lot of damage. But if you have, if you're recruiting the right muscles in the right way, in the right order and having good mechanics, then like you said, you're setting yourself up, um, for success versus shooting in the wrong way and having setting yourself up for failure. So
1: today's podcast is brought to you by born primitive outdoor. This is the clothing that I switched to because this company has been making Workout training gear since 2013. It's veteran owned and operated. They've teamed up with Aaron Snyder to design these clothing systems for out west all their clothing is solid so you can cross over and wear it on date night and not embarrass your spouse uh, it's super functional and it's attention to detail and it's been battle tested by yours truly and i stand behind it use the discount code elk shape to take 20 percent off head over to born primitive Couldn't agree more. And, you know, humble brag. I'll brag for you. Yeah, thanks. You work with the U.S. archery team. Oh, thank both you. Both the recurve and the compound. Yes. The men and the women. You travel overseas. They pay you to that right there. You're in the trenches. Yep. You know our needs. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a qualified resource to go to. I'm not that guy. Yeah. I have a master's in exercise phys. Nice. I'm more performance driven. Yeah. You can do the rehab and the prehab um, and not just shoulders, obviously, Yeah. but you have a doctorate in physical therapy? Correct, yeah. That's Dude, that's your qualification. Doctorate that's in your physical lane.
3: therapy. I'm a, a board-certified orthopedics, um, orthopedic-certified specialist, OCS, certified dry needling, do all sorts of things. So yeah, I do feel like it's kind of odd to it's funny to say and odd to say, but I feel like it really is my calling to be here in Mountain Physio for the fact that of helping archers and bow hunters. And like, I see where we're going as a, as a business and as a company, as a team, like going to really make some uh, waves in this industry
1: to help people. And so. So big things coming, big things coming. Big things coming. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Be nice. We did our videos. Um, We've got to break bread a few times. My wife made some bomb elk burgers yesterday, but she, before she did that, she came into the gym. Yeah. And every, I always like it when people get to see what I'm working with as far as a wife goes. Yeah. Because she's a real athlete. Yeah. A beast. She I paid full retail to go to college. yeah She got a scholarship. Did she? Nice. Because of her athleticism. <laughs> she threw javelin <laughs> and at you know, she's a Grizz. And uh, I love just watching her work out because she's so fierce. She's yeah, a savage. She is. She's a savage. Um, so we took you through kind of like a I would say it was a very prototypical workout Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna go way in depth but I'm gonna kinda give an overview of what we did. The first thing we did for warm up is we did all your protocols for increasing our bow strength. And I wanted to just get a vibe on how that felt. And then plus, you know, honestly we need to do that every time we we train totally working on the shoulders and the injury prevention. So we did that. And then we did like a structured strength session where we set a clock for twenty minutes and we had five stations and you had assignment at each station and you needed to move to the next station every minute on the minute. Those are called EMOMs. I like those just because it prevents lollygagging. Yep. If we would have said, okay, let's do five, five sets, sets of five, five yeah. pause, goblet squats, like there would have been a lot of just, just it's just I don't have BS time, and for, that. Entire, don't have time yeah, for that. Exactly don't have time for that. So that kept us, and we had four of us, so we're all at a different station ranging in, we said, goblet squats. We had one-arm farmer carries. I lunges. loved that. Lunges. You, liked the, you
3: liked the lunges.
1: I loved the lunges. Like Dumbbell lunges, lunges walking lunges. Weighted
3: strict pull-ups.
1: And... Weighted strict pull-ups and reverse hypers. Yeah. Which yeah, you've never fu- been on that yeah, machine Yeah, that was before? a fun machine. Yeah. Everyone should buy that machine. Oh, if yeah. you have lower back issue, that is the golden ticket. Yeah,
3: it's all that posterior chain. Just it is. You're getting those hamstrings, you're getting those glutes, like that posterior chain. You're getting your multifidus too.
1: And we got all four sets. Yep. At five stations done in 20 minutes. And then we dreamed up a team partner workout, which I don't love partner workouts, but I also love partner workouts. You know what I mean? Like, I always kind of like, ah, but then when I do them, I'm like, this is the best. Yeah. 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 Because you guys put, we inspire each other, we push each other, and we just try harder when. People are counting on us. Totally. You were unfortunate, and you drew the short straw. You were partnered <laughs> with my wife.
2: Yes, I was.
1: And you were signing up for another level.
2: Yeah. I, How'd I, that I, go,
1: homie? <laughs> Tell everybody what the workout was.
2: Let's see. So it was five rounds, and you go, I go. So one partner is working, one partner is resting. Thirty calories on the bike, twenty bar for, or sorry, uh, box jump or burpee box jumps, and ten weighted. Um, d-ball cleans
1: yeah d-ball ground over shoulder yep and so Preston's never done nothing like that correct yeah and you've been on assault bike fortunately which is good to at least have some be an acquaintance with it but I ain't friends with that thing I've been on it a lot I went out it's undefeated yeah
3: Yeah. I went out first hard just just pushed hard and I think I get got 20 and you're like take a break and I'm like what do you mean take a break? Don't and do that. How good did
1: you feel <laughs> on that first round on that bike? Didn't you feel unstoppable? Oh, that first, one,
3: that, that first round, I was like, I'm unstoppable. This is going to be easy. And, and then I
1: did pull him off. The bike. I'm like, dude, you got to get off. Like pace yourself because <laughs> you're going to be back on this thing four more times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Quickly. 30 cows is for anyone going solo. You could do that workout solo. But 30 cows will not be the same your first effort versus your last oh, yeah. effort. Ever. I mean, it's just it's total body and it builds more lactic acid than anything I know in that yeah. gym. And a lot of us just can't. Our bodies just kind of start shutting down because we can't get rid of that. Like, it's just tough. Yep. Yeah. You're going to be at your threshold immediately. And this is like, okay, the la- the threshold, being up against it, and then having to do other things is kind of like getting kicked in the groin and then expected to, to perform. Right. So you got off that bike, and then we're doing the burpee box jump overs. Yep. So it's only a 20-inch box, yeah. but you, it does require your whole body. Yeah. And it is a very athletic it's movement. It's a very
2: athletic movement for sure.
1: And then you finish with the D-ball, and the D-ball was not heavy. It was a 70-pound, basically sand ball. It's a
2: recovery piece.
1: And it's just get it up and over your shoulder and drop it, turn around. Uh, And then we could split the work up however we wanted. And I would say round one, yeah, you're right, you did 20 cows. Yep. And so I only had to do 10. And I was like, already, oh, like, I'm like either Preston's a beast, or well, we're done. We just, uh, we just lost. We just blew our watch. <laughs> yeah, right. And I felt bad, man, because like you definitely were probably drowning from that point on. Yeah, I think slowly. I was, yeah, but you hung on for dear life.
3: Yeah, that was tough. Like I, like I said earlier, I think that man, there were times that I was like, I don't even know if I could get five calories on this bike. And that was like by the second round, third round, I was, I was feeling it. I was hurting. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna puke. And I didn't, that was good. But I think I would have uh, had more respect for you if you did. Puke. If I did, I would have gone, I would have gone outside <laughs> yeah. instead of in the gym, but no, I was, no, you crushed it. I was watching that. And then I think what was motivational for me is <laughs> sitting there on the, on the bike, just trying to get a few more calories and Dan just looking over my shoulder and I could just see this face of like fierce comp- com- competition and we like were
1: competing against my wife. We and were Jeff. Yeah.
3: and we lost. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. But
1: I enjoyed the workout because it made me dig deep. Like on round three, I think you did three or four cows and you were like, I'm like, I'm, that's what I got. To yeah. Get. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got to do 26 cows here. Yeah. Um, f-word let's go <laughs> and you made me better you know what i mean like because i did not want to do those 26 cows i'm not a good power output guy but i needed to be and it was awesome it was a really good thorough it took the workout took us us 20 minutes you guys yeah. did it 19 mm-hmm. or 18
2: yeah somewhere in there yeah, oh, that's, yeah. my
1: wife does not. not like losing no yeah
2: the hardest did she get on me? you at all uh not really, she didn't
1: ever get in your ear,
2: no, not not yet,
1: then you did good, yeah, yeah, well, Then you did good here's well. the thing,
2: like the hardest part for me, you know, I'm a bigger guy, I can you know push some calories on the salt bike, but for me, your wife is so gosh, darn fast, I didn't get any rest, <laughs> like like I just crushed, you know, I would we did about fifty fifty on the on the uh salt you' yeah, are not getting as much rest then, no, and then like I get off, uh, and then she finishes the cows, and I go right into burpees. And like, and then I watch your wife do burpees. I'm like, oh, I got to go as fast as your wife. <laughs> and then, like, I just, I don't know, it was just brutal because she was so fast, I had
3: zero rest. So it was, it was great the combination workout. of the assault bike and burpees. That right there just like did me in. That was, that was Anytime intense. Anytime the bike's
1: in any conditioning piece, you're going to get your money's worth.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was, that, that was intense.
1: Do you, let's, let's just be real, exposed to that kind of training, it's not, it's not everyone's cup of tea, yeah. but I find it to be something that I think people should sprinkle in periodically. Oh,
3: absolutely. With that,
1: with that being said, what's your plan after leaving doing the Elk Shape experience? How was that going to get integrated? in
3: I think I did. I mean, I'm honest. I, like, as we were talking earlier, or I think yesterday off cameras, it's tough to be able to, like, I find myself not giving myself enough time to exercise right i'm i find myself in the trenches of helping other people and doing these evaluations and running a business and being a family man and everything and so but as to your point like you said like we need to selfishly and everyone on this podcast needs to hear this like you need to selfishly take your you need to take your health and be selfish about it put yourself first give yourself you know time to exercise and do those things so i'm definitely going to incorporate that because what it does is a makes you healthier and a better person more involved that you can then help other people and i think that's what that really opened my eyes up to um i comment actually called my wife and i told her that and anyways it's just like so i'm definitely going to incorporate that i think there's different types of elk shape individuals and that I think if we could all be in that sort of elk shape, like we would definitely be crushing it in the mountains. And I do a lot of when I'm there at home, like I will do a lot of trail running up in Salt Lake and along the foothills, which is great. I find myself getting into cardio that way, but that 20 minute, 18 minute workout yesterday could be equally as killer. So
1: that's awesome to yeah. hear. I think the hit training definitely has its place, but you yeah. can't substitute long rucks, heavy no. rucks, obviously. But the two things I want to say about being an oak Shape are this. One, I want you limitless in the mountains. Yeah. That is such a bold statement to be limitless, yeah. right? Think about your first day with me in Idaho, 15 miles. Easily, yeah. No, it was. I tracked it. We did 15.6 miles. And the f- last four or five were in the dark, we got sucked in on this awesome bowl, went way back in we, there, we and then it, yeah. it got dark, and I was like, not only do we have three or four miles just to get to the trailhead, but we didn't park at the trailhead. Nope. We have a bonus two additional All that will be in the dark, and yep. we've been hiking all day. Everybody listening can do that. Can they get their ass up the next morning at 4 a.m., get out of that warm sleeping bag, and go for round two? That's limitless. And then finally, day one, to most guys hunt 10 days at a time, at most. Can you hunt as hard on day 10 as you did on day one? That to me are those are some of the things you guys need to look at in your own training. Absolutely, listening and figure out what new changes you need to make going forward. Then we went to the Spokane Valley Archery yeah. this morning. That was legit. That's fun. had a place to ourselves. What'd you think of that archery range, man? Oh
3: man, that archery range, Josh, Josh, Josh Jones. Jones, right? Yeah, that archery range was beautiful, really. It was awesome. So fun, really fun course, good targets. We got some good arrows we didn't even do the full course yeah man. we like cherry pick we just picked the fun <laughs> targets that's yeah. what that's what was fun about it yeah and i think we already shoot we shot
1: he had a bunch of new targets there i'd never seen like yeah. those sheep and those bears yeah and that they? giant moose yeah none of that was there last time i was there in august so he really forked out some dough thank you josh yeah, and thank you guys you, are yeah. in spokane valley archery that's my favorite archery shop that team I always give them mad respect. Just because oh yeah, they've taught me so much. Yeah. So go out there and shoot. Pay your ten, twenty bucks. Go shoot the course. It's awesome. Yeah. Brand new targets everywhere.
3: Yeah, that was good. That was in, that was interesting being there. I mean, we we talked about this, or we talk about it in the videos. But my release aid, it broke on me the th- the fourth shot, three shots Feels in, weird. and it broke. And so. Yeah, changed it out. Had to just change my windage a little bit and was dialed. and. Shot, you were dialed, that's shot, for sure. Shot some money, money shots, really. You shot
1: well. You have great execution. I actually like your backup release better than your regular release. Yeah, do. me too. <laughs> your RX1 <laughs> Index. Yeah. Joel Turner would be proud. Yeah, The way yeah, you yeah, shoot yeah. that. And people will see because I will put it on YouTube.
3: Yeah, good. You did great. Good, thank you.
1: That was cool. And then you're um, flying out yeah. today. We're going to get you out of here. But it was kind of cool to like... Didn't plan on Jeff being here this weekend. Yeah, it was good. So glad he was here this weekend. <laughs> Couldn't have done a lot of this cool stuff without you. Thanks. Thank man. you. Yeah. Thank you for of flying course, yourself yes. here, hanging yeah. out, meeting hanging out with my family. And I've had a lot of people in and out all weekend, but this is kinda how it is here. Yeah. Just like we're the hub and it's been people fun. come over and it's cool. Um We love the chaos. Final thoughts, parting words, advice, thoughts, tips, tactics.
3: Um, I always say yeah invest in yourself invest the time invest the money invest whatever it needs to be in yourself to exercise be fit be strong so that you can continue to do this forever because go bow hunting is bow hunting is life and hunting is life and being outdoors and with family take care of your shoulders yeah yeah i'm 28 with a rotator cuff surgery
2: i don't want anyone to do that the road to recovery was long so uh yeah take Take this guy's advice. Take care of your shoulders. Um, warm up those shoulders. And, you know, you only get two of them. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> we originally were going to podcast about some harder topics. And I don't know if I, I mean, I just, it hurts me to get into these. I know. But I do want to like touch on it a little bit. So let's do this Buffalo, bison, rut in the summer. Yeah, July and August. Utah has wild free-range buffalo myself i got double digit points <laughs> to try to draw that tag been in dreaming July. about hunting wow. the I henry's and anyone listening if you know of a place i don't even care i don't give a shit if it's high fence if there's a place where i could spend less than five thousand dollars and i can go shoot a buffalo i don't i'm not looking for the hunt <laughs> i really just want a buffalo butchered in my freezer yeah. i think oh, buffalo yeah. meat is like it's phenomenal the best out there but you drew a tag i didn't even know about what tag was that
3: so i drew the sportsman's tag and i want to say 20 20, 2021 yeah 2021 um oh my gosh you
1: still have buffalo meat then
3: yeah i've got about 50 pounds and get get this really quick my wife she won a buffalo hunt coming up in about three weeks we're going on it what <laughs> isn't that so wild happy for you <laughs> 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 two so buffalo hunts in two years Jesus it's, it's oh. her first big game animal she, so, d- she didn't oh grow grow up and so we've been dialing in that rifle and everything it's it's gonna be fun just put it right in the back of the school but anyway so <laughs> she's doing that. that we're me. going down to new mexico to do that so she won that hunt but my hunt yeah 2021 i decided i'm like it was my dream animal. I knew that the one thing I needed to get done is shoot it with my bow, and um, it was tough. It wasn't. It wasn't an easy feat. Like, I think I went on eleven different stalks. Those animals are cagey. Like they are weird, and like hmm. when they blow out of there, they blow out and they don't like stop. Elk. Yeah, like they, they don't stop for miles. Wow. And um, yeah, middle. I think it was. I think it was August 14th that I shot it. Um, what was cool is I made an epic stock on my, you know, on my butt, just scooting down a bare face because I didn't want them to see me. So I'm trying to, you know, use the, use the, the shade and shadows and everything. I, I go through this open sagebrush kind of field and the bull that I was after was the herd bull of about maybe 50 or 60. And he comes running, he comes out snorting and everything into this sagebrush. What
1: does he do to... I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you're good. What is he, What is his behavior that you were like, that's the dude. That's the herd yeah. dude. Because there's other bulls. Like, what yeah. was he doing to identify as, I'm the man?
3: Yeah, he was certainly the biggest, and he was he was rutting, just like um, ch- chasing cows, right? Chasing cows, rubbing the um trees and everything. His big afro had all this, like, branches in it and stuff. And, like, his one horn had a bunch of – it was frayed, so he was – you know, what do they call them? Brimmed off and everything. Yeah. Yep. And so he was the guy and I actually had him come out at like 40 yards and then he turned back and went back into the trees and kind of gathered up his cows and stuff. And at that point I was like, ah, I'm waiting for another opportunity. But I, when I saw him step out, I'm like, I could get crushed by this thing very easily. Like, cause you're in the wide open. Cause I'm in the wide open. So then I make my way another 20, 30, 20, 30 yards. He beds down with, about a herd of maybe we'll say 15 to 20 at this time he beds down and i was sitting in the hot sun so we're talking like southern utah august 14th it was probably 90 degrees it was hot didn't have my backpack i left that up on a hill so you
1: have no water no
3: I have no water i was sitting there um for about three hours or so and i remember a small rain cloud coming over and me trying to catch raindrops in my mouth because no it way. Was, i'm i'm not lying like that was Intense. And by this time my buddy, um, who runs an outfitting service up there, he and guide service, he was sitting on the hill watching. He's like, That bull's still bedded, and I can see the bull. At this point, I'm only like maybe we'll say fifteen yards from another bull that you can see like stand up, get down, and I'm like, he's just not, you know, not a big bull. And so then for whatever reason, like, man, those 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 bulls, well what it was, it was the wind. Like they will wind you like that. Winded me, stood up. I'm like, it's game, it's go time. I range, draw back 30. I think it was 37 yards. And he's looking at me. I draw back, get to anchor, and he wheels around and takes off, runs out to 70, stops. Another bull runs up right behind him, maybe about mid body was his head. So I had this window of to shoot, and did the whole thing: range, um, draw back, anchor shoot and i just remember watching i was shooting the i was shooting an fmj back then and at like 550 grains with the iron wheel single bevel no not single bevel double double bevel at that time and um watching my arrow just hit and i remember watching it hit low on the buffalo perfect like in the shoulder area but low and i just remembered literally dropping to my knees thinking oh my heck that was a terrible shot well as soon as i did that the Buffalo wheeled around, and my friend Jaden, the guide, was looking back or he was looking at it and watches my arrow f- come out the other side. So, complete pass through, 70 yards. I was pretty pumped about that. Uh, through the heart. Through the heart, really. Yeah.
1: How long was he alive from the time the arrow went through his heart?
3: He ran what's interesting is I mean the hearts on these buffalo on on bison, right? They're the size of like a basketball. It's a huge. Oh and so <laughs> it, it's wild, so and they and their lung capacity. So anyways, long story short, he ran about about 250 300 yards. People say like, man, he didn't run very he he ran really far. I'm like well, yeah, he ran very far, but like it was like they just have that much blood to pump through, the... right? So wh- when he yeah. made
1: it three hundred yards, did he like dance around or did he just go? He over? just was <laughs> crashed. Yeah, okay, he just crashed.
3: We walked up to him,
1: and then it's ninety degrees, and you have a giant buffalo yeah, to that's what push I was her? Yeah, I'm yeah. So How the hell.
3: Yeah, and so that was the worry. That was the concern. It's interesting when you go on these kind of high stakes hunts a lot of people have a lot of opinions of what you should do like there were times that they're like you're there's, there's no way you can do it with a bow i'm like there's disregard. no i was like there's no other way of doing this than with a bow because i just don't want a rifle hunt like i just that doesn't do it for me you're right you, you
1: man yeah. so
3: anyways did
1: you pull the guts out
3: uh no wait right. did we no we didn't
1: i would imagine you might if it's 90 degrees and you gotta like it's gonna take you a while to flip that thing over
3: so we get there we get up to him i think it was about six o'clock or so seven um and let me think about that i hiked up to get my wife and my daughter my friend jaden and his son we hiked back down grabbed the pack will went back down to him found him tracked him and everything he was stiff as a board so a lot of my pictures, I wanted one of those cool buffalo pictures where they're like, Ain't
1: happening, you know, bro. but it was
3: so, I couldn't, I am not, the three adults, we could not budge that bull. Like they're, yeah. they're heavy Yeah. and they're not, their, their intestines are so heavy and their bones are just so dense and heavy. So I think I ended up getting like, we ended up hauling off 400 pounds, 450 pounds of animal yep. and we ended up getting about 250 pounds of meat, which people are like, oh, that's not very much, but.
1: I thought it'd be at least over three but that's fine i mean 250 it's a lot of meat it's a
3: lot of meat but um so we couldn't take ribs we couldn't do any of that just because we're in the back country yeah it was So I think we ended up, yeah, we started gutting him at about eight. So how do we keep it cool? Like there was that rain that came in and it just started dumping. And so it really kept it cool. He died in the shade. It really was like...
1: For August, that's It really, we lucked
3: out. And so actually that stressed me out because now we have this rainstorm coming in that was like an intense rainstorm. And I'm thinking, there goes the blood trail. Like how are we supposed to find this thing?
1: Absolutely. I would be freaked out. And
3: luckily we could see his tracks in the snow i mean they're big enough or not the snow geez the the sand sorry the the tracks in the red sand and we could see some blood too so i mean at this point there was blood out both sides and it was just like intense and so we ended up getting up to him at eight we it took us four hours to got them, skin them, everything, put them on our packs. So I think my wife was carrying a hundred pounds easy on her back.
4: Beast. I,
3: I had about that much. My friend had about that. And then the pack will, and then it's pretty cool. Cause I have pictures of my daughter next to a fire, us cutting up a Buffalo. She is passed out sleeping in the oh, desert awesome. at like 10, 10 30. And then we didn't, we started packing it out, and we didn't get back to the truck until 4 p.m. or excuse me, gosh, 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Yeah. 4 a.m. It was it was one of those ones that you're just like, this dude, is... dude. That's
1: gonna be a tough hunt to top.
3: It you is like to have
1: your family there.
3: Well, that's why I did it. Um, because with that tag, I could hunt any place in the state. I could hunt. I say that with some, like, you, I don't think you can hunt Antelope Island with that one, right. but um, the Bookcliffs or the Henrys and. I just wanted my family there. I just wanted it. Like, the first weekend, I think I had 25 people there. All my my dad, my mom, my Dang. brothers,
4: nephews, That's everything. That's a Utah thing, man. When yeah. I drew my... Uh, they weren't all my family. I drew my Utah <laughs>
1: mountain goat tag mm-hmm. in Utah, and, like, every dude had, like, a squad yeah. with him. That's cool. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had my nephew yeah. with right. me, and I was bow hunting a, basically, any weapon mountain goat hunt. Anyways, long story short is... That is, like, the, one of the best hunt stories I've ever heard. Like, just all the details. How Being far out,
3: was the pack out? The pack out was about two miles. Two miles. It was. That's uh, a lot of meat. Yeah. To
1: go two miles.
3: It was. We were in a hole. We were in a canyon, so it was like really straight up. I remember bone in. Um, we boned out a lot. I think we boned out most of it because those bones are the bones are so. Yeah, that's heavy. what I'm
2: saying. I, like,
3: I can't even imagine mm-hmm. putting a quarter bone in on my back. Yeah. Like, I remember one cool thing. My my wife just being exhausted as we're hiking and she didn't grow up with this stuff but um has learned to embrace it and love it and be grateful for the meat that we you know the elk every year deer whatever buffalo and my daughter at like midnight or maybe we'll say two in the morning like come on mom you can do this right and just kind of like some fun really some neat experiences as a family that we got to experience and yeah one of those hunts that i don't know if i could ever top but that was my number one animal and I've had some awesome other experiences but yeah clean through at 70 you I was Euro, pumped. The skull. Yeah so you're the skull and then I did a full um shoulder mount on a pedestal.
1: You did. That's cool. You need to send me a picture of that. Yeah, I will. And then um when the day that I draw like a real buffalo huh oh, yeah. maybe I will someday, I will want that hide. Oh completely yeah. Completely like I, I don't want taxidermy other than just the hide. I want to put that giant hide out. I think the buffalo euros are, are sick, man. They are. You got seven or eight messages after elk season on your Instagram. Yeah. And um, I was, I want to tread lightly a little bit here. Yeah. Jeff, how much time you got? Uh, plenty of time. Okay, well we're. Gonna this is an
2: important subject. We're gonna do really? this. Yeah. Because plenty I, of time.
1: I've been the person. Yeah, me too. So. I've been there. Okay. You got seven or eight direct messages. What were they after outseason?
3: So they were people that I've um, talked to. Hey, how'd you do on that unit? And so they, a few of them were direct messages. A few of them were just communicating. How'd you do? How'd you, well, I know this person that shot this bull, hit this bull, didn't recover it. Okay. I was with a buddy this year, shot a bull, didn't recover it. Um, then a handful of other people like, yeah, this person, they were hunting, you know, these other units. Oh, cool. Send me a picture. Well, they didn't recover it. And so that kind of same trend, um, and theme went on through this elk season. We're talking this elk season right now, 2023. So what we're talking about is hitting an animal, not recovering it, which like you and I said, um, it sucks. I think where we started talking about this last night is you hit a bull perhaps this year. Um, good shot, great shot, perfect shot. Really? It ran, I don't know what you said, 80 yards or so. And then it's, but it didn't die for a couple hours. Oh,
1: 51 minutes.
3: 51. Okay. For 51 minutes. And then it got up, took its last breath, basically tried to get up, stumble and fall and you, and you cried. And yeah, I think right there, like, I think all of us want that, the purest form, pure ethical kill and so we started talking about how many times that and how many people wound animals and I've been in that boat and I think the discussion here is what do we need to do to stop that because we know of this year we were talking 25 25 elk probably
1: at least I get a lot of direct messages that and I try so hard to keep up man oh Um, yeah but I I'll get guys message me to either like, "Hey, has this ever happened to you before?" And then it's like paragraph after paragraph of bottom line is they shot an elk, they ran out of blood, they couldn't find the elk, they gritted for the elk, they thought they made a good shot, and they're asking me what should they have done differently. Honestly, I bet I have twenty of those in my inbox on Instagram. Yeah, uh, and then I was hunting in a place in Utah. And they were giving us the orientation. They're like, if you wound an elk, you're done. (laughs) That's your elk. Uh, The week prior, we had seven hunters in camp that wounded, archery guys. And they they didn't get elk that week. And I'm like, holy smokes. And so a lot of people don't talk about it. But I think, like, we all could agree, if you bow hunt long enough, your day's coming to where you won't be able to thumb your nose at anyone who wounds an elk because (laughs) you're basically uh, a hypocrite. So there is a degree of bow hunting that's not perfect, right? And then there's a degree of you probably took a shot and we've boiled it down in our conversation last night to there's this level of urgency in a real life scenario where an an- you're trying to take an animal's life with a bow and arrow. And there's a sense of urgency because for whatever reason, you feel like if you don't get that arrow off at this very moment, you're never going to get an mm-hmm. opportunity. And the reality is that might be true, but there's also the the more likely that you could have got an even better shot had you had more experience or patience in that scenario to where eh, quartering two. But if you waited three more seconds, they would have taken that additional step. And now we'd had slightly quartering away. Like uh, Mark Levesay says odds multiplier in a lot of his lectures. I steal that language and insert it here. Yeah. What shot selection can you take as an odds multiplier? Well, you are not multiplying the odds when you shoot an animal frontal. No matter how close you are, everything has to go absolutely perfect. Specifically, a quartering two, quartering towards any animal, you, there is a degree of you are not actually not multiplying your odds. You're actually kind of like really tightening the window of where you have less margin for error. Uh, the broadside shot, you can screw it up, but it's a lot harder to compared to those other shots. And then even slightly quartering away g- opens up even the more margin of error. Like it increases your – it's an odds multiplier. So being like shot selection is huge. And then arrow components yeah, absolutely, and what's on the front end is huge. And then your ability to be honest with yourself that you go to tack – And you can hit foam at 96.6 yards on a 30-degree slope on a tiny antelope with your buddies watching, and you're filming it for your YouTube channel. So what? Yep. Foam is home intact. But foam does not mean vitals in an animal that's alive, breathing, blinking. And your heart is at 180. Not only that, but is it parasympathetic nervous system is full tilt with your in, you know, your endocrine system is releasing adrenaline, nor epi. And you are, that is something you can't duplicate. Even on my stress test at Elk Shape Camps, I'm not injecting people with adrenaline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm exactly. not. Maybe I can figure out a way to do that. So, and then you have urgency on top of all of that. To like, you're like, I'm only, this is it. This is the only opportunity I'm going to get. So back to my thing I said at the beginning of the podcast, How many I've arrows? shot 10,000 arrows, let's say up to this point in 2023, yep. only six out of the 10,000 had adrenaline involved mm-hmm. the other nine or ten like 9994 there was no adrenaline i didn't say not high heart rate because i do some stress tests for sure but there was an adrenaline where like this real in the stakes are as high as they ever will be let's summarize what we talked about last night kind of off camera yeah of ways to mitigate because i do think a lot of elk get wounded yeah by yeah. bow hunters unfortunately unfortunately
3: and, and i've been in that boat too. We all have, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and it's terrible when it happens. And, um, but uh, what we were talking about is, I mean, ultimately, there's no substitution for shooting at an animal. Where you are, like, you can get your heart rate high by mm-hmm. doing some, you know, burpees and some running and stuff like that. But it's that adrenaline that we're talking about. And so, the closest thing or the things that I always talk about are like increasing the the stakes so having high stakes so whether you're shooting at a metal target and you don't want to break an arrow because what are they 50 bucks we decided that an an arrow arrows are 50 $50. dollars so you don't want to lose 50 dollars so shooting at a metal target or betting your friends hey let's let's do something high let's do a hundred dollars or so if you don't hit this money then or whatever it is yeah um, like today
1: on that moose shot yeah uh, 128 yards Is that something we would do in the in the real life? No. But if I had said, "Hey, Dodds, I'm gonna bet you a hundred dollars that my boy Mountain Physio is gonna hit the gonna hit the vitals from 128 yards," would you have perceived more pressure?
3: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because it's
1: a hundred bucks on the line, and it's not even a hundred bucks out of your pocket. It's a hundred bucks out of your friend's pocket.
3: Yeah. So anything you can kind of create. So I think hitting foam is home attack is fun, but it's not anywhere that should kind of translate. Now I do appreciate. Going to tack because I think people are shooting more. They're and shooting. Learning
4: their equipment. They're
3: shooting. Sure, they're trying to get those ten thousand reps in, like we were saying. yeah But it's those six arrows that count. So can we make the stakes higher throughout the year and do some, you know, yeah, you know, hit this hundred dollar bill or hit this metal target? Or so I think those novelty shots are really cool for that very reason because they put some. It, you know, they put some skin in the game, really.
1: I love that. And then also, we talked about this last night. And I want to bring it up. Is like, I just got back from um, hunting Hawaii. I didn't hunt very much, but I was. I probably pulled my bow back literally ten different times in three days. I only let two arrows loose, but I mean, I was hunting like there was pigs. Those things don't hold still. I'm pull back, trying to make good shots. Never, you know. My point is, If I'd been there for a full week, I probably would have shot several axis. There was a lot of deer but that's a lot of reps in the red zone. Mm
4: -hmm. And
1: to me, that really, that first axis I shot, I told you guys, like, I kind of rushed it a little bit. And then when I shot the buck, I had already killed an axis deer, and I kind of gotten my, like, back to 70 degrees. Like, I got the thermostat back down. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dude, I was cool, calm, collective. And I made a sick shot on that buck. 59 yards through, like, you couldn't walk up and put it better. Very calm. Go to Texas, get your checkbook out, call people. For sure. How much is it to shoot? Like Texas has programs in place because it's so much private there where like they need to kill X amount of does on their property in accordance with the fishing game of Texas. And I forgot what it's called, but like there's X amount you need to shoot on the property according to their aerial surveys. And they almost, a lot of these properties, they don't, they don't get to that number just because they don't have enough help. Right. Be that guy. Hey man, I will not only pay you to trespass, but I will give you like a fifty bucks a doe I can shoot. Like spend a grand or whatever it is, and go shoot ten does. Yeah. And get reps at just you said something last week. You're in PA. Even uh, And you got like you got excited. I got when excited. You shot a doe.
3: I hit a doe. I was in PA, and in PA they have a real issue because there's so many deer in these urban areas, mm-hmm. and so we were hunting these urban residential areas, which is kind of kind of fun. But um, this doe came in shot i totally botched the shot i hit her high what was the distance and
1: like 20 yards yeah like so you botched a 20 yard chip I, shot
3: i botched a chip shot yeah you didn't focus i mean i like we were shooting today and i feel pretty comfortable shooting out to those 128 yards i You're know a good archer thank you and so i i botched this shot i really just punched that trigger and it was just a it was just a bad shot executed a bad shot and i watched her run off looked at her there was no blood on either side because she turned she's at 50 yards and i can't get another arrow in because they're just moving but she stopped in long enough that i could see and where the hair was kind of furled was up um right up in the back strap so Sat there, went down, grabbed my arrow, no blood on my arrow, just a little tiny bit of meat, like like a speck of meat. So I hit her high, and I think what I'm calling no man's land. So again, maybe if people are hitting these elk in that land where maybe they won't die, but I think for the majority of times, like you were saying, like you'll find, you'll recover elk. That have had a broadhead stuck in their spine. That's all pus,
1: that's you know, filled. That's happened twice. Happened twice for me as well. Yeah. So, so we're finding someone else's broadhead from a year or two or three before. One of them was a rifle
2: hunt for me. So it was, yep. I bet you, it was earlier that September. Okay. So they're yeah.
3: they're living. So maybe out of those twenty five animals that have get, got that had been shot and not recovered this year that we talk about, maybe twenty of them, five of them live, twenty of them die though. That's twenty elk in. And so fast forward to me, me, um, whitetail hunting again, I botched that shot. The next doe that I shot, the next one that came through the next day, again, I was only there three days. So the next day, same thing like you, like I anchored on this doe at 20 yards and I made a perfect shot. Like she ran, took your time, took my time and like, stayed present. And she ran 10, she literally ran, she bounded about five steps, 10 yards and didn't know what hit her. And she just fell over right there like it was very peaceful and it was one of those moments that you watch as well that you're like hmm and i, I post about this on instagram like it's tough it's tough for me to take life like it really is yep. like i'm very grateful for what elk hunting and bow hunting and you know hunting in general for me means because it feeds my family and the adventure and getting out and staying in shape and everything but it's also not easy but the more that we get ourselves in those opportunities and have those high stakes like where you're taking an actual life on an animal a living breathing animal like it's it's a good thing it's a good thing to do to get into those and and just not rush that shot and hopefully we can as we're talking about this like people can really be honest with themselves like you were saying like maybe not 128 yards I can hit foam great there but once I start shooting at an animal and stuff like I'm not to say I'm not I'm not gonna say right now that you need to make your distance can't be anything more than 60 it can't be anything more than 70 because a lot of people will do that whatever that distance is like you just need to be very proficient know your stuff but also know the chances of wounding things go up, up exponentially when you start getting out there further
1: yes i have this thing i put in my mind on even elk especially is like if i'm at 60 yards sure i could shoot or whatever but i try to get greedy Can I get closer? And then when I get greedy, every yard I gain, when I start going under 60, my literal, like, the death warrant is, like, literally going to be signed. Yep, yep. And I'm just getting a yard closer. I just know the odds are going up to where, like, this is a done deal. Because of those 10,000 arrows, again, only six this year so far were shot with a perceived high stakes adrenaline. And so we cannot be backyard all stars. I knew I met a guy who started bow hunting during COVID. Yeah, man, this a, is good. A, he's an a, he's an adult, adult onset hunter. A lot of guys don't like those guys. I do. I like them, and he's cool as hell, dude. I'm not gonna say his name. I don't want to give away any of his information because this next part. He picks up a bow and he watches Dudley's knock on school and teaches like goes step yeah, by absolutely. step and becomes very proficient in his backyard. Just via the internet. And then he meets my buddy, who's an avid bow hunter, and my buddy brings him into his world and they start hunting Axis deer. Fast forward two years later, this dude, this adult onset hunter, has killed forty bow killed forty plus Axis deer yeah. in two years. And I told him, Bro, you got like ten plus, maybe even fifteen years of bow hunting under your belt now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You've cut up 40 plus axis, you've studied anatomy. You've under, You've done 40 recoveries, 40 blood trails, 40 shots, 40 times you've had to pick a spot. Stay, not just like blank out and put a pin in there and just get rid of the arrow. Like you've had to execute. And my friend who is the one who got him into the actual bow hunting part said, dude, this guy is actually a better shot than all of us now Hmm. because he learned all the good fundamentals. And um, I'm just, that's like a huge advantage. If you can find somewhere in this out West, Texas is going to be the number one place I'm going to recommend and get reps. And I would say pigs are fine, but not necessarily under a feeder. Here's why I've done that. And they don't stop moving and you're going to punch a trigger like maybe a pig feeding yeah. on some grass and you can stock up and like take your time like that would be good or what else like white tail does would be really good white tail
3: does is good because there's a lot and they want you to take them they um, eat them the i was just i just i just thought of this that um my buddy last year invited me rabbit hunting in the um this
1: is outstanding in
3: january february with a bow yep and it was so much fun to go for a morning i, I kind of grew up doing some small game with a 22 this but is to take you but, Huge, but to take your bow and have rabbits or small games squirrels if you're back east they're and everywhere small, small. exactly and there were a couple of them that like the rabbit would bust at his feet run out you know 10 yards And then you're, then you're shooting those short distances. So then you kind of have to be like, man, I got to make this shot count too. And it was a blast. I think I ended up shooting one shooting at like five different rabbits though and missing and like they're small animals, but you're missing too. But it really calms, it really makes you dial back and be like, okay, I got to get reps in under pressure. I'm aiming at a living animal Yep. and if I miss, I'm gonna hit that rock that he's standing right by, or I'm gonna hit that log or whatever. Like it was so much fun. So small game, I think, isn't something that we should throw out either. Like,
1: yeah, I just don't see how you could be a gr- like it's tough to be a great killer, but not have a lot of reps or have several months go by and then you're like, okay, I'm a predator now. Yeah, it's tough. Even, no it matter is. how long you've been doing it.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but that was fun. And that was that was a great that was a great time. Really, it made me really think like. Oh yeah, make these shots count. That's cool. So
1: yeah, I personally want to I want to do some small game hunting yeah. this winter. Yeah. Like I'd really do. I have some rabbit hunting I can do. Uh I also want to do at least one tack every year. For sure. And then a couple local three Ds. Uh and I have that three D range yep. over there. I have several targets in my yard. And then I want to do some friendly gambling with yeah. my friends, get some high stakes stuff going, and even some fitness penalties. Yeah, that suck. That's huge. Um, doing some stress testing and um, just honestly never settling on that. I, you can't rest on your pedigree or your history or like, walking to the gym and you see all those animals. Like the the, the slate's wiped clean. After every hunt, yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm starting over. Totally. You guys feel that? Yeah, yeah. Well, for Not sure. Not my favorite thing to talk about. I kind of I get a little I uncomfortable. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I want to keep it real. I want to help people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, coming from a different perspective, I was a guide, you know, for a couple years, and you just get you just don't know what you're getting right when you're mm-hmm. when you're meeting that guy at the trailhead, and so you start questioning, and you know, you just get like, okay, similar to what you did with Preston, like, hey, tell, let me walk me through your bow setup. And a lot of guys are like, oh, well, you know, I just kind of picked it up, you know, like, like here, you look at it. I'm like, I don't have to shoot it, you know, and so, like, yeah, that, as a, as a guide, yeah. it's just like, there's such a, exactly. Like, there's such a, now I don't trust you, right? Like, mm-hmm. now that, that, I mean, unfortunately, as a guide, I, I mean, I've had some wounded animals that we couldn't retrieve, and it's the worst feeling in the world because, you know, this was your job. Like, you literally were getting paid to have the most authentic kill experience possible. You, I mean, and I, I also talk to guys like, oh, well, what's your most comfortable range? He goes, oh, I'll shoot anything under 110. I'm like...
1: With a bow? With a bow. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. like,
2: okay, now I really don't trust you no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: so, Cut that in half. Yeah, right. It's
1: so, more like, how close can we get, do you think? Exactly. That's, you know
3: what I mean? That's, I think, that right there. Aim small, miss small, right? But also... It's bow hunting get close like even heck we could even say rifle hunting like get close i shot a cow last year with a, a rifle a late season hunt i think i saw her at 700 and i'm like i could take that this gun's capable of it but i was like but why don't i just walk a little bit further through this depression and then i'm at 300 mm. and like that's what i dan did dan could
1: make that shot better. exactly and
3: <laughs> i'm not a proficient rifle hunter but the same thing with a bow right it might be a little bit harder because you're in the red zone these animals' awareness and their senses are so heightened in that, I call the red zone, right? That 100 yards or whatever. Yep. And so, but get closer. It's bow hunting. Like, that's what yep. we should do.
1: I have had a lot of requests. Jeff, I'm telling you this. I'm advertising. You need to make me do this pod. Okay. But I've got a lot of requests. Anytime I get the same requests from multiple different people, these are all strangers. I don't know them, but they have my, they're like, can you get a podcast on how to close the the last 50 yards on an elk i want to know that and i'm like (laughs) experience experience would definitely be my number one answer because i've definitely done everything the wrong way but um we got to do a pod on that but for time's sake we gotta get this guy to the airport you got to head back to bozeman so guys i wanted to introduce you to jeff he's gonna definitely be a lot more present and i wanted you to have some backstory on him and how we met already teased it on the recap pod, but here he is. He really is coming to Spokane. Yep. It's happening. It's I got a dude that um, it's gonna only going to benefit you all. We're just going to be able to make better content. Well, thanks and for then, having
2: me, Dan. I really appreciate
4: it.
1: Yeah, you think? I appreciate you, man. You're awesome. And let's do more workouts. I like that. Uh, Mountain Physio, thanks for coming over. And Thank you. Dropping the knowledge. Yeah. Shooting the bows. been a blast.
3: Strengthening our shoulders.
1: Being down for yeah. the pace we run at. I yeah. love it, man. it was it's been an, awesome. It,
3: it was intense and yeah. Definitely intense, but definitely good time. So, thank you.
1: Awesome. Guys, I will leave in the show notes, like as I did before, a link to Jeff's social media. He's changed it. Now it's Dodds underscore Doozies. Yep. Plural. I'll put that one in there. (laughs) Mountain Physio. Well, I'm going to put his website. He's got some big things coming in 24. Keep your head on a swivel. Also, he'll be at... The Western Expo. If you want to be there, we'll a booth? be there.
3: you yeah, will have a booth. Oh, we'll have I'll be doing. Them. I'll be doing a seminar too, as a speaking Ooh. assignment, so people will be able to come and I'll be on stage nice. and stuff. So that'll Go be kind check of cool. I can't wait to see the Western actually. Expo. That'll be cool. Jeff will we'll be, be there. Yeah, we will. I
1: don't know where we'll be. We'll probably be at the Born Primitive um, booth. We'll be at the Peaks booth. We'll for be at sure. the Peaks booth, and that might be it. Those yeah, two, and we'll then we're we'll the probably going to collaborate, coordinate a. Workout at Ute crossfit or something like that where all where it's like it's not an exclusive it's an inclusive deal yeah. we're like i don't care who you are or what you do for working out Let's if you want to get if you want to break a sweat with us meet us here at this time we did it we've done it every year we'll do it again we better see you there preston
3: yeah i texted dan last year i don't know if you recall but i wanted to go and i told you i committed to going but then i had something some like something really That's important right. come up and i I personally like texted you and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I remember but, that. anyways, yep. that's cool. I'll be there.
1: Yeah, thanks boys. Guys listen, go out there, put that phone down for a little bit, engage with the fam and then think about your the upcoming week like how can you be more selfish so that you're less selfish put yourself first get that workout in break that sweat even if it means staying up late or getting up earlier you'll have more endorphins you'll raise the ceiling of your bandwidth or capacity as a human being and you'll put more good into the world separations in the preparation catch on the next one Today's podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. They're my neighbor. Been in business since 1902. The craftsmanship, it's made here in the States. It's got a tremendous amount of history. They're not really a marketing company. They're a knife-making company. I love Buck Knives. They have a whole line for the backcountry. Check out the Pack Light series. They have the Alpha Hunter, the Alpha Pro. I run all those when I'm elk hunting, when I'm deer hunting. So go ahead and check out Buck Knives if you're in the market since 1902.